that app, by the way, I found it. It's kind of a funny name. Have I been pwned? T W N E D. For all you gamers out there, you'll know what that is. Dot com. So if I put in my okay, let me put mine in first. I'm putting in my personal. Yeah, I'm putting in my personal too. I have been pwned one. Oh yeah. By my fitness pal. Oh yeah, that was a big one. I'm on there too for sure. Uh, oh no, pwned. So I've been pwned 17 times. Oh, no, you have it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Adobe, eight tracks, Canva. Cash crate. <laughs> oh no. Daily motion. Every hacker out there had your email, man. You were on every list. PSP ISO. I used to hack PSPs as a kid for money. Oh no. In 2015, they got pwned. Twitter, 200 million pwned wow. in early 2023. Oh, I would have been on Twitter. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, your email has been passed around to every dark <laughs> yeah. web website. Everyone has to. Yeah. Basically. Oh my God. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Mortgage Tech Talks. As always, I'm your host, Tom, joined by my co-host, Massimo. We are now officially doubling our pace of podcast. I'm looking forward to it. It allows us to kind of get into a rhythm a little bit more. So we used to do every two weeks. Now we're doing every week. And yeah, it allows us to get into a rhythm a bit more. And hopefully our listeners too. All right. I think that, you know, it's every other week. It's kind of like, oh, is there a new one? Is there not a new one? But, you know, me and Mass, we always listen to this podcast called All In. And it always comes out, what, like Friday? Friday, yeah. I listen to it Monday. I think you do Saturday, but... I do sometime over the weekend, but it's like... It's like a ritual now. Yeah, I've like yeah. built that into my routine, right? I don't know if you have. Sounds like it. Like, it's always Monday or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I bring the dog to daycare on Monday, <laughs> and I listen oh, to it in the car. <laughs> How long is that drive to daycare, man? That's like a two-hour... 25 yeah. minutes each way, so I don't finish it all. There's some... Well, then twice, right? You oh, yeah, yeah. Up. So two hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I usually finish it, by the way picking him up on the way home. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds ridiculous talking about my dog at daycare. But anyways, yeah, it is a ritual and I look forward to it. So that's what we're hoping you guys get for sure. Yeah. No, it's not ridiculous, man. Daycare. One of those, Nadia saying, Nadia is one of the members of our team. She was saying, dogs are the new kids and plants are the new dogs or something like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's kind of true. I mean, all my friends and even me and you, like we've been very dog focused a lot of our friends have been very dog focused and making purchases because of the dogs. When I show my parents what we do for the dog and what we feed the dog and how we treat the dog, they're like, is that a dog anymore? <laughs> like it's basically a child. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. It's like your baby. Yeah. Cause for my parents, I mean, my grandparents, it was like marriage, home, dog for us. Right. It's exactly the opposite of order of all these ones for me. And I think you too. It was yeah. Yeah. Same dog, thing. house, then marriage. Right? <laughs> and I don't know. Kids are somewhere in there. I don't know. But yeah, exactly. I think it's still marriage kids. That part at least has stayed the same. Yeah. You get married before you have kids generally, but maybe that'll be our kids. Our kids will be completely reverse the order. I don't know. Anyways, I don't know how we got the plants and kids and all that stuff. Every week we're going to be coming up. So we're really excited about it. And we hope you guys are too. But to kick this off, kind of this new rhythm, we thought we'd touch on something that we know is near and dear to our hearts, but especially mortgage brokers who are concerned about technology is document portals, online applications. They kind of are separate things, but kind of bundled together. So we're going to get into it and we're going to chat about it and maybe provide some examples. We're going to do our best to not say, okay, well, there's a lot of, you know, as probably brokers listening, know, a lot of options out there. We're going to kind of give our as best we can objective point of view. At the end of the episode, we're not going to say, hey, everyone has to be using this product, switch to it now. And I think we talked about that even when we did like, you know, video conferencing type products, right? We said, hey, you know, this is good. This is bad. General, maybe this one's a bit better, but it depends on your situation. So, you know, we're going to really kind of treat it the same way here. 
But in any case, let's get right into it. So document portals, online applications, just catch us up, Matt. What are those? I mean, you, I think made one, didn't you? At one yeah. point, I don't know, it was eight years ago or something like that. A long but time ago. Fill us in a bit, because that was at a time where people didn't really have these. Now they're more ubiquitous. But yeah. what do you see and what are they? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're kind of in the names a little bit. Essentially, what they are is digital ways of giving your information to a broker. So that's the online application. So think of it like, I don't know, an online ordering form or when you go to someone's website and you type your first name, your last name, your email. These are much more intense where it'll ask you where you live, how much money you make, what kind of house are you going to buy? We'll get into all of that. That's the online application. And as you're alluding to, that's what, I mean, we built one very custom for a client way back in the day before these were really popular. Because honestly, clients don't want to come in and meet people as much anymore or at all. When I say people, I mean like come in and sit with the broker and type on a sheet of paper. They want to do it at home with their husband or wife on the couch and whatever. And so that's step one, collecting applications. Right. So an online application is an online form that you can fill out. And then the second piece, document portal is... In all of these transactions and mortgages, you obviously need to prove that you make a certain amount of money, that you're a citizen, et cetera, all kinds of documentation you need to come up with. And it's a bit annoying bailing that or scanning that or faxing that. So people made portals where you could log in and upload all your documents and the broker could actually say, oh, that one looks good or you're missing this or missing that. So right. basically online means of giving a broker your information, whether that be documentation or your name and address. And those really started blowing up really in COVID. They really blew up. But Yeah, COVID, right? Like we were starting to see like 2019 people starting to experiment with it. I think it was probably, I think Finmo was the first one we kind of saw, yeah. you know, our ears stuck up with because that was what it seemed to be one of the first platforms that did it. And then in COVID, it was kind of like, hey, we have to do it. And, you know, it is, hey, people don't want to come in and do it in person, but it's also turned into, especially in COVID, people started paying attention to digital security more. It became a kind of security risk that, hey, just be emailing your whatever driver's license over email because really in most digital transactions, email is by far the most vulnerable point, yeah. like by far and away, right? It's not even close. People hack emails all the time. And so, you know, from a regulatory perspective, especially brokerages who had that exposure, you know, they really encouraged their members of their teams, their agents to start using these portals because it's just, it's night and day in terms of security. So I think it kind of started, okay, COVID, we kind of don't have a choice. You know, younger clients really wanted that digital experience. They didn't really want to talk to anyone. And then it really ramped up as people said, okay, not only is this a convenience thing, this is a regulatory thing. So that was 20, yeah, 19, we started seeing it. COVID, it really took off. And honestly, now, today in 2020, I was supposed to say 2023, but it's 2024. It's really all over the place, really commonly used. And really, it's so commonly used because it's now more or less integrated with the what we call the deal submission platform. So, you know, we talked about Finmo. They actually then what merged or was it an acquisition, I think, with Lendesk. And now they are their own submission platform. What's that? Do you say, I don't know? <laughs> I don't know literally what happened. Yeah, I, don't yeah, know I, I call it an acquisition <laughs> as well. But yeah, let's call it that. I think yes. uh, if anyone from Finmo, not the inside scoop is listening, can correct us. But I think that for all intents and purposes, it's kind of happened. And then Scarlet, I think, kind of did the same thing. They started as like a portal and then they did that. And then I think what happened then was Velocity, Boss, and iLogic, the existing submission platform, said, hey, that's a pretty cool feature. And they rolled out their own version, either homegrown, like Velocity kind of did their own, or they acquired, did the same move as Lendesk, like so Phylogic bought Door, which kind of gave them access to those features. So it's really everywhere now, right? I don't think there's a broker out there. If they're not using one of these types of things, it's because they're choosing not to, yeah. right? It's based on their client. And 
you know, we get that. I think you work with a lot of clients that are not using these types of tools, like prefer to still do the paper app. Less and less. And I was going to say, it's almost becoming like a competitive disadvantage in a sense where, I mean, it obviously depends on your clients and who you're going for. If you've kind of got an older demographic that still likes the in-person or whatever, then maybe these aren't your favorite. But honestly, it's like you said, so much more secure. We'll talk about some of the benefits of like drop off of apps and getting the apps back and all of that. But like people fill them out quicker. It's more secure and it makes you look really professional. All these tools, you can kind of brand it. They're building all these nice features in like autofill for your address and right. pulls from your bank account and stuff like that. So honestly, I see very few that don't use anything anymore in terms of an online app or doc portal. I can't even think of any recently. So maybe the commercial guys, but like, I mean, that's not really our demographic. Yeah, we do more residential. We work with more residential brokers. And honestly, yeah, I think, you know, some people might be listening and say, listen, I get it. It's going to be smoother. But you know what? This is how I differentiate from, let's say, the bank, right? The bank's kind of going that way, too. For me, how I deal with my clients, I like to sit them down. Yeah, you're saying it's antiquated. Yeah, you're saying that it got killed in COVID. I disagree, actually. I still really like to do that. You know, that's okay. You know what? I think the other thing with it, kind of with all the stuff you're talking where I'm starting to allude to mass and we'll get into more is that this actually helps that conversation, right? Instead of, okay, someone coming in and just to use the autofill example, you know, they could sit there and type in their address or write in their address and then you take it and then you get into, you know, your phylogic system or whatever it might be, or you literally just sit there with them and turn your screen around, you know, you maybe sit across the table and you start typing in and you say, Hey, is that your address? You click it and, you know, you're saving time. And again, you can have that personal touch, but you're just coming across that much more professional. So, yeah, I agree. Like more and more people saying, yeah, even though I do like the personal touch, hey, by all means, still do that. But this just gives you that added benefit of the professionalism and the efficiency. Agreed. So we've been kind of alluding to it a bit, but let's get into like the nitty gritty. You know, what are, you know, the best of the best out there doing in terms of, you know, just the features you should expect? You know, what's that best in breed? What are these best practices that are going to help you, whether you do it online or in person, doesn't matter. What are these features that really kind of set you apart or give you that competitive advantage you were talking about? Yeah, I mean, the first one that comes to mind, and again, I think Finmo pioneered it. I believe they called it smart docs and oh, maybe yeah. others right. um, call it other things, but smart docs. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, as per usual with technology in Canada, there were already tools in the States doing this. And I think they got a lot of inspiration from that. But if you think about a typical mortgage transaction, let's say I'm employed T4 with a company. When I go to purchase a home, almost every bank needs eight documents. I'm just making that up. But let's say eight documents, they always need it. And depending on the bank, they may need two or three more. And then if you're self-employed, every bank needs 12 documents because you're a bit more risky or whatever, plus depending on the bank, two or three more. So what Finmo and all of the tools have now came out with was as the client's filling out the online application, you ask them, are you self-employed? How much money do you make? Yeah. Do you get a salary or hourly or whatever? Based on that, this tool, when they're done the online application, will automatically say, give us these 12 documents. Because now you know they're self-employed. You know you're going to at least need those 12 documents. And so that was... Honestly, like it's funny because we did something like that in the app we built, but it wasn't as sexy as Finmo's, nowhere near. <laughs> Long story short, the client that we built the app for eventually just said, you know what, I'm going to Finmo. So that tells you how. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, oh, yeah. long story short, it might sound easy now, 
But that client experience, because once the client's in the app filling it out, they've got some momentum. So if you can automatically just say, okay, now you're at step two and pre-fill step two, right. and they're already in mortgage application mode, you can get those docs really quick and speed is important. So that was the first one that these tools had, and it made brokers look really badass. And there was a lot of pushback when that one came out. Oh, this system can never ask for the docs for me. Like I know TDS for these weird docs and all that. Yeah. But it's that whole 80-20 rule. Like, majority of the documents are always the same, no matter how much you say it's your secret sauce. And so if you can get that in front of the clients quickly, then you can focus on other ways to differentiate. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's like when you're collecting docs for a client and, you know, there's 10 docs just to use round numbers that you'll eventually need to get. And it's going to depend on the situation and the lender and all these things. Yeah, six, seven, maybe eight, going to be the same. So don't let the three or four hold you back from being more efficient with the six and seven. It's going to be a much better client experience, but it's also just going to make you so much more efficient because the reality, I mean, for better, or for worse, we've talked about this, I think, before everyone is used to that, you know, Amazon type service, which is, hey, I need everything now. So as soon as you put a blocker in place, as soon as you say, OK, thanks for your application, we're going to review it and then tell you the doc. So you're doing that part, not the system. Just momentum flows so much, right? Hey, I, you know, I don't know, 10 p.m. at night, I just put my kids down, I'm typing in the application, I'm feeling good, I'm making good progress, I'm feeling good about myself, boom, I hit that roadblock, the wind's out of my sails, I got a busy next three days. And so if you can get those docs at that moment versus five days later when the person has time to breathe again, think about that, right? In a typical transaction, how valuable those five days are. So I think it's about, yeah, removing all those roadblocks, getting those wins where you can by being smart. Then also, yeah, really building that momentum, giving that really nice user experience that they are motivated to kind of keep going. The other one I was going to say too, I mean, with the smart stuff, you know, you talk about the docs, I think it's actually even relevant on the application. And this is, I think, another really good example of, you know, the in-person, you know, doing a paper application versus in-person doing it on the screen together. You know, very something simple, like you need three years of employment history. Again, 90% of the lenders out there need that. If not all of them, depends on the type of deal you're doing. But that's going to be smart enough for you, right? You're not going to say, okay, well, where did you work? And when did you start? Okay, January 2020. And then you and the client are sitting there getting out your calculator on the iPhone saying, is that two years or is that three years? The system just does it for you and just automatically says, okay, well, what was your job before then? And then, okay, you put another job. And then what was your job before then until you get to those three years? So instead of all that downtime, you're going to look really good. And you're not going to get into the situation where the client leaves the office. Then you do the math. You say, oh, shit, it's three years and two and a half, right? I'll yeah. call them up and now they're on the road. And it's the same situation we talked about before. So it's almost building those fail safe in place for you. So if you're completing an application, you know you're getting everything that's relevant, right? I think that's another huge part of kind of the intelligence that comes with these online applications. Yeah. And I mean, when you're shopping around looking for a tool, and a lot of you are part of networks that give you a tool for free or whatever. But if you are looking, pretty sure all of them have this in some fashion now. I don't know. Does Boss have this? Like document collection and smart docs? Yeah, Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is kind of one of those things that it's there now with all of them. All of them have different ways of doing it. But it's definitely not something where you're like, oh, this one doesn't have it. So if this matters to you, go elsewhere. Yeah. So I think one thing that I guess is a little bit, I don't know, I don't want to say controversial about this, but I know... Many of our clients have had mixed feelings. We worked with a really big shop in Mississauga and they were really against this. And then we've worked with other folks who are really for this, which is the idea of a login, right? Because that's, I guess, one of the big maybe drawbacks. You know, if you just send over a paper app, whatever, someone can just come in and write in their details, send it back, easy peasy, right? Whereas if you do a 
online app. I think all of them now, correct me if I'm wrong, I think maybe Scarlet has a version that's not like this, but maybe that's changed too. All of them require you to log in. And I don't like that. Like, for example, every time someone's like logins, like not giving you my email, I don't want to get password. I don't want to have to remember this password and do all this stuff. And so it creates friction there. And I think that was a huge drop-off point for one of our clients. And so that's the downside though. There's obviously pluses with it, but I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Like, are you kind of in the pro-logging camp? Are you in the yeah. anti-logging camp? I go back and forth, I'm being honest. Yeah, I do too, but I think I lean more toward, totally get what you're saying and the drop-off does happen. I just am naturally, if you guys haven't found out from me and Tom yet in our episodes, I'm the one who slings my email out there. I've probably been hacked 30 times. I try all the new things and I'm kind of oh, a shiny yeah. object guy oftentimes. So what's the tool that tells you if you've been hacked or not? Oh, shoot. Uh, Here, I'll look it up as you're going. Yeah. Okay. So I totally agree that login drops off. I just functionally don't know how these tools can not give a login. And maybe you do. I've never been able to wrap my head around it because if you're going to it and you're uploading documents like my pay stubs, et cetera, and you don't ask me to log in, well, am I just going to a unique link? And if so, could anyone take that link if I forwarded it to them or they got it from my email? And maybe that's the risk reward there where it's like, it's a bit less secure, but there's no login. So I think that's why they put that there or a big reason. And so that's where I lean. But if you look at true like churn on the app or drop off or whatever, yeah, I remember uh, that broker you're talking about saying many times like it's a deal breaker, right? Because he deals with a certain type of clientele that like anyone, but like this clientele, especially it's like they're not very loyal. They're shopping around, et cetera. So it's just like no barriers at all. Let them get a quote on the rate ASAP. Yeah. And so maybe it is specific. And I think it maybe it's something even for brokers out there to build into your client journey. Like if this is something that you're serious about and it's something you want to have, the step before that, which is probably the discovery call where you're meeting them and you're learning their needs and building that relationship, you know, setting those expectations even, right? Saying, hey, how we do the transaction is we actually use this portal, completely secure. You are going to have to do a login. Are you okay with that? Just because, yeah, what you don't want is have that conversation. You send it out and they say, oh, I have to do a login. That's BS. Yeah. Let's have another phone call and then you're going back and forth, right? That app, by the way, I found it. It's kind of a funny name. Have I been pwned? T W N E D. For all you gamers out there, you'll know what that is. Dot com. So if I put in mine. Okay, let me put mine in. First. I'm putting in my personal. Yeah, I'm putting in my personal too. I have been pwned one. Oh, yeah. By my fitness pal. Oh, yeah, that was a big one. I'm on there too, for sure. Uh, oh, no, pwned. So I've been pwned 17 times. Oh, no, you have it. Come on. Yeah. Adobe, 8Tracks, Canva, Cash Crate, oh, no. Daily Motion. Every hacker out there has your email, man. You are on every list. PSP, ISO. I used to hack PSPs as a kid for money. Oh, no. In 2015, they got pwned. Twitter, 200 million pwned wow. in early 2023. Oh, I would have been on Twitter at the time. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, your email has been passed around to every dark <laughs> yeah. web website. Everyone has to. Yeah. Basically. Oh, my God. But anyways, bringing it all back. Yeah, I think it's right. I mean, login is the way to go. It is about setting expectations. And it, yes, it's about security. But I think it's also about being able to come back to it, right? To be able to say, okay, maybe I'm just collecting your docs right now to get you pre-approved. But then now you have a house three months later. Now I need a bit more because the lender needs a bit more. Yeah. Okay, we can pick up where we left off. We don't have to start over, right? Or even three years from now when you're refinancing, you're moving or whatever is happening. Again, it's like, hey, that account you made, it still exists. And now you don't have to go in and retype in all that information. Do you still live at 123 Main Street? Oh, yeah, you are moving. Okay, let's put that in. And it just makes that so much actually nicer for the client at the end of the day. 
And it does actually make you a little bit stickier in a sense, right? It's kind of a weird way, but interesting way to think of it is to say, if they were to go to the next broker or even to their bank, you know, they're going to have to retype in all that information, right? It almost becomes like a competitive edge to say, hey, and because we're using this system, we have all this information ready to go. We just need you to update a couple of details that would have changed and we're off to the races, right? So it gives you that advantage. So yeah, the last thing to talk about really as it relates to this, and then you can go clean up all your emails or... Oh, I'm, I've been hacked. I've been pwned. Can you do anything even? No, I don't think so. I don't think you can. It's my like childhood email. I see Zynga got hacked on there too, which was a big Facebook. Oh no, like Farmville. In yeah. 2019. So. <laughs> oh my God. Is that your basketball lover one or? Yeah, basketball. Okay. The one, two, three, three, zero at Hotmail. <laughs> do you guys want yeah, to pwn exactly. it too? I don't really use it yeah. much anymore. But actually yeah. like the data they took isn't that bad. Well, actually, usually email password you username so there you go <laughs> there you go yeah yeah i mean email is the big one in any case the last thing before we go and clean all that up i was just say integration with field submission platforms is a bit of a weird one because like we were saying they're all kind of linked together now right this idea of an online portal a doc portal online application doc portal it's kind of linked with the deal submission it's like okay velocity gives you that feature and you know lendeth through finmo gives you that feature and so it's kind of built in but i mean Back in the day, especially when you look at something like Scarlet and Finmo, who used to only do this, you know, the integration to be able to then submit it to the lender was obviously hugely important. It's only ever so useful as far as, you know, I collect that information, I could do something with it. That's obviously a big one. But the reason I wanted to bring it up, because I think it actually made it the challenge to the users or anyone who's in the tech space right now is, I actually think it presents an opportunity, right? I think we've been able to, through Blue Mortgage, and this isn't really our bag of tricks, which is online applications. We do more CRM stuff, but we've been able to be really successful because, hey, we're independent, we're a CRM, but we connect to everybody. I think there could be an opportunity on the online application doc portal side. What do you think? Do you think that's a prime opportunity out there just waiting to be taken? Or what do you think? It definitely could be. Just because there is this whole narrative in the network right now or in the industry about having choice. And some people, if they're part of, for example, a brokerage that has a deal with, I don't know, Lendesk, they are told or asked very aggressively to use Finmo. Or same thing with Velocity and same thing with Boss. And so people are looking for something third party. So there's definitely demand there. There's definitely opportunity there. I don't know if the big boys in the market would let it happen or they'd scoop it up pretty quick or whatever. Like I, I don't know the go to market there and how successful it would be. Yeah. I don't know if you have thoughts on that, but that's the only thing in my head where it's like, you're fighting against some behemoths. And although there is demand, probably need a couple of years to get market uptick and all that. And, but it would be great. That's our model. Like you said. So yeah, it is our model. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's such a weird market in some senses, creating tech, because it is so small. And, you know, a lot of the tech that we use is very much linked with the networks, right? You know, this weird power dynamic, not the pure technology play out there. So with that said, I think the opportunity exists to just build a really, really good one. I think that's the only way to do it, where it's like, hey, maybe even to start, you can't integrate right away, but it's so, so good on all the other factors that we just talked about that, you know, it is a competitive advantage to use it. Maybe, you know, I'm going to use the buzzword are incorporating AI and doing that in a really smart way. And so you're taking the time it takes to complete an application from, 20 minutes for a client to two minutes. Like if you can do that, then hey, yeah, there's a ton of opportunity there, right? Because people will be lining out the door to try it, but you're right. It's not like, hey, if I went from 20 minutes to 18 minutes, it's not that much better, right? It's like, it's not enough for someone to fight their network to say, hey, I need to save you two minutes for my client. 
But yeah, if you go from 20 to two, now that's a game changer. So maybe that's the opportunity, but you're right. It is these weird dynamics that people always have to play, but I think there is something there. Cause yeah, like you said, that's our model and it's been very successful. And I think there's an opportunity here. So I don't know if you have anything else on that, but maybe that's a good place to leave it, a challenge to our listeners to say, hey, if you have a tech mind and a uh, bit of an edge to build something like this, I think there is something there. I agree. Yeah. I think there definitely is something there. And if you use the use case of like Finmo, for example, that's kind of how they started. They were very tech focused, right. very good UI, very good engineering built by brokers or at least input from brokers, but they had real developers building it. And they built a really good tool and they went for two or three years and integrated with everyone at the time. It was mostly Phylogics that they had to worry about. Phylogics, yeah, exactly. It's a big dog, yeah. And then they got bought, which, I mean, if you're the type of business person who sees that as a success, then they had a success and they're a good use case, but there is no one like them anymore. Right. And so maybe there is room for around two per se. And if you use them as a blueprint, it can definitely work, yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we'll leave it there for now. Thanks again to all our listeners who have tuned in, listened to us ramble a bit, talk about our emails, getting hacked, and maybe learn a little bit too. Please feel free to leave any comments in the comment section below. But we really do appreciate your time and attention, and we'll see you next week. See ya.